All right, well, hey, good morning. I'm Mark, executive pastor here. Uh, I want to welcome you. This is, it's been a, a good weekend. Anybody had some fun this weekend? We, uh, we got to do this weekend what we have for the last few years done, you know, be, you know, in the beginning of November all the way through February in our house, and that's uh, wrestling tournaments. We had one Friday, all Friday evening, and pretty much most of the uh, day yesterday. I, I help with the Harbor, uh, Springdale Harbor high school team, and, um, and so at those tournaments, and Brendan is, is wrestling on that team, so we're, my uh, second son is, is a ninth grader and getting to wrestle with the high school this year, so, so it's just an all-day event, and if you had told me, you know, five years ago or so before we started that I would be involved in, in wrestling, I would have laughed at you. In fact, I... When I was first exposed to it, I, the person who was trying to show it to me, I was like, man, we don't want anything to do with that. It's really weird. I had, I'd never been exposed to it at all. And, you know, it's relatively new in the state of Arkansas, um, it, which is really interesting because we border Oklahoma and Missouri, where it is just this massive thing. I grew up eight miles from the Oklahoma border and had never really been exposed to this. And when I first saw these guys in these skin-tight onesies, dancing out there together. I was like, man, I don't want anything to do with it. In fact, I've got a picture of Jack, our, our youngest now. He's, uh, he's just gotten started. <laughs> and there's a lot more tears than smiles, but I did find one picture where he was smiling because it's a rough deal. It's just a tough sport. And, and now I'm this big proponent, so I'll kind of give you my sales pitch. And I'll tell you the reason I'm, I'm introing with this today is because we're going to look at this passage where Jacob wrestles with God. And there's just so many things that we've learned over the last few years with this sport that as I look at this passage, um, just really make it come to life for me. But I love, I love it because it's, I mean, it is. Like there's some sports where you're like, do, you, do they really need to wear clothes that tight to do that thing, right? Wrestling, it, it really is. I, I didn't understand it, but now I get it. Like, I mean, when two guys are going at it and they're grabbing each other's throats, and sometimes you, you're looking and you can't tell where, whose foot that is and what's going on. I mean, you really do need to be in some clothes that are, that are pretty tight, right? Um, I, the, th- the fact that you are just kind of exposed. You know, football was my game, and you were underneath those pads, behind that helmet, a long ways from the crowd on a, in a team setting. Here, the crowd is right up on top of you, and, I mean, let's put it, I mean, you're just kind of exposed. And there's something about that that's just humbling. Like, there's nothing I can hide. I am fully in the light. I also love the fact that, you know, as we've had the boys coming through and we've been in these different sports and athletic things, I mean, let's be honest, we are in this time where everybody gets a participation trophy, you know, there's not really, I mean, there's a winner and there's a loser, but there's not really a winner. There's not really a loser. I've never really liked that because I, I just know that life's not that way, you know? There's a battle and there's winners and there's losers. And then there's also, I love teams, but something about the individual, there's one hand that's going to be raised. And if you weren't that person, you don't have anybody to blame but you. There's nobody you can point the finger at. There's no kind of way you can come up with a story, it's you. It's just you two guys in the ring together, and somebody's going to win, and somebody's going to lose. And something about that's just just beautiful. In fact, it takes a lot of the 
ambiguity out of it. You know, on most uh, teams, the coach is making the decision about who the starter is by opinion or things that maybe he's seen over time. But in wrestling, you know what they do? A few days ago, they were trying to decide who the starters were going to be for varsity on the, on the wrestling team. They just have matches. <laughs> and the guys in each weight class, they get their hand raised. They're the starters. And if you don't, you don't. And you can challenge every week. If you think you should be the starter, you can challenge the guy. And if you can beat him, then you get to be the... There's just... There's, all of the fog is gone. It's like it's, the light is on, and here we go. And <laughs> they talk... Uh, I've heard often people refer to this wrestling match between Jacob as God, and God is the first time uh, that this ancient sport... And it goes all the way back to, to Jacob... And God in this uh, Genesis chapter 32. But if you remember in this story, Jacob's already wrestled. And remember at the beginning, his twin brother Esau, they're in the womb, and it says that, that they're wrestling in the womb. In fact, his name, the deceiver, came because he was still whole, he had this grip, this hold on Esau's heel. So, uh, and I don't know if you've, if you've uh, had children in that time when. Uh, man, uh, mama's belly is just, that baby's in there and starting to kick. I remember when Caleb was, our first was, uh, was in that spot, man, and I would look at her belly just roll and his hands hit the, I was just, man, that's crazy. That's kind of, feels like a, I don't know, like a horror film or something. But anyway, uh, then when we, we've had twins, Jack and Darcy are six, and you're talking about something. When you've got two babies, Man, there's two elbows and two knees and two feet, and it's crazy. And, and when Jack and Darcy were born, there had been a fight. Now, the way that they were positioned, Jack was just, his feet were at, her, at Darcy's face. And when they were born, Jack, man, he's, you know, just, his skin's all perfect, and he's, you know, just, everything's just fine. And then Darcy's born, and she looks like she's been in a bar brawl. And she has to go to the NICU, and there was a fight going on. And, and Jacob and Esau have been in this, in this fight. And then, you know, uh, it goes on, um, and the fight continues. And Esau, if you remember, is this man's man who his father really loves, and he's the guy that's out in the field, and he's big and hairy, and, you know, you just picture this, that guy. And Jacob is this guy who's uh, back at the tents and a mama's boy. And he's been using his wits in this battle. And he's been uh, conniving and deceitful. And so I want to set up this fight because there's a lot of, every fight kind of has a backstory, right? I don't know how many, how many fights you've watched, but there's always, oh yeah, that guy said that to that, or that guy blew the spit wad at him, and then he said something about his girlfriend, and then finally it came down to the point that they said, all right, let's, we're going to throw down. Well, this fight has started, and I hope you've been tracking with us all along. It goes back to, you know, he's been in this war with Esau, and he finally, because he deceives him, he finally has to, to run away because Esau's going to kill him. And now he's spent two decades with his uncle Laban. And all kinds of deception and scheming has gone on there to the point that they've drawn a line and he's realized I can't be there anymore. And God has told me to go back here. And so he and Laban, um, I mean, there's, there's nothing more that can be done there. And he can't go that way. God's told him to go. And he's burnt that bridge. 
And now he's headed back this way, and he's in this place that's, that's in between. And you guys, he is, if you've seen old brother, where art thou? You know, boys, we're in, we in a tight spot. We're in a tight spot. He has backed himself into a corner. That bridge is burned, and that bridge is burned. He, know, he knows God has given him a promise to go this way, but he is in the middle. And that's a rough place to be. And... Um, you know, he, while he's on his way, he's, while they're camping, it says he names this place, he sees some angels, and he names the place two camps. Because while he's camping, he, he realizes that there are angels in this place. Now, later on, it's God that he wrestles with. But again, there's many times in the story, there, he just notices, and it just kind of is part of the story that it goes through. He, he noticed that there were some angels in the campground. Kind of, if you've ever been camping, we were uh, hiking in camp one time, and Looked up and realized, oh, there's some. We thought we were all alone, and we looked, oh, there's somebody, there's somebody else out here. Which kind of felt you were alone, and then all of a sudden you realized you weren't. You know, again, if you were here last week, just these reoccurring moments where God's presence is there. A reoccurring. I mean, God, God is with you, Jacob. But now he knows and must be crazy afraid because he's facing Esau. And if he was mad 20 years ago, imagine how mad he must be now. If he was a big old boy, burly guy back then, imagine what he must be like now. Imagine how afraid he is. And so he takes one of his messengers and he sends him on to, to talk to Esau and kind of to soften the blow. And it's interesting the language that he uses, and he does it all the way through this passage. He says, uh, say to my Lord, <laughs> he calls Esau this, you know, term of respect, my Lord, and he calls himself the servant of Esau. <laughs> my servant is, is coming, and I've been gone, but I, I'm coming back, and I've got family with me now, and I've got all these possessions with me that I'm bringing back, Lord, I'm your servant. Please, please, please have mercy on me, big bro, because <laughs> I'm, I'm coming back over. And... Um, and so in Genesis chapter 32, verse 6, it says, The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. I bet he was. I mean, he was already afraid, right? He was already trying to put this. I bet now that he's heard he's got 400 men with him. And I mean, if he could fight, who's he got with him? He's got, you know, young kids. He's got his, his four wives, and I, I bet they're pretty mean. But I don't think he's got any chance to, to go against Esau and his 400 men. And so it says he was uh, greatly afraid and distressed. And I think the thing that we can pick up with this from this is that deception will eventually back you in a corner. It just will. If, uh, if you haven't experienced that, I promise you, you will. You know, the, all the things that we come up with to try to get out of this tight spot or that tight spot, if we start to take shortcuts or, or lie or somehow deceive someone, it, it might work for a moment. It might get us out of one pickle. But sooner or later, the box gets tighter and tighter and tighter. He deceived this side, and now he's gone and deceived on this end, and he's burned both bridges, and now he is he's in a tight spot. And he's facing this big fuzzy guy 
who, uh, you know, what they say about redheads. Uh, uh, that's not the guy you want to face. In fact, I'm like, man, if I had to face Laban or Esau, I think Esau would, and his 400 men would be the one I would really be afraid of. It, uh, this kind of reminds me when I was uh, maybe fourth grade or something, I came up with some friends to Razorback basketball camp. And uh, the big thing was you got to play on Bud, in Bud Walton, which was you know, awesome just to walk on that floor. And in the morning, which felt like what we did most of the time, we would play that game knockout, you know, where you get in the line and you try to knock out the guy that's in front of you by shooting free throws. And there was this older guy, you know, went all the way down to little kids, all the way up to like high school kids. And there was a big kid that cut in front of some little kids and was going to try to play knockout. And I, I saw that. I mean, I was a little guy, but I was bigger than those guys. I was smaller, than, a lot smaller than him. And I just said, hey, man, don't do that. And I wasn't expecting that to turn into anything. I was just saying, hey, they're, they're young. Go, go play with somebody your own size. And I had some friends with me. And you know what these friends did for me? They said, fight, 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 and started grabbing everybody. And they were all pushing behind me. And this guy was going in front of me. And we were out, went out to this alleyway beside the arena. And here I was facing this huge guy. And all those, all, it felt like the whole rest of the camp was behind me. And I had no ch- choice but to fight. And that feels like what Jacob's deception has done to him. Now he can't go either way. And so with all of uh, his attempts now gone, no other way to turn, he prays. And in uh, verse 11 and 12, he says, the prayer actually starts before then, but uh, this is kind of the heart of it. He says, please Lord, deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me. The mothers with the children. <laughs> I, got the, I got the mamas and the kids with me. I mean, we're, this is, we're in a bad spot. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. I tell you, if, you, if you read through this passage, this does not sound like a prayer of faith to me. It sounds like a prayer of fear. He's like, I do not understand the situation I'm in, Lord. I mean, you've made me this promise. You have said that my, that my, you know, my offspring is going to be numerous. You've said that you're going to do me good. And I don't see how any good is going to come out of this. And I don't see another thing that I could do. I mean, right before this, he splits his camp in half. So maybe, just maybe, if Esau, when Esau comes, he'll kill all the people in one camp, but one camp will survive. I mean, he has come to the end of his rope. And now he's on his knees saying, I don't get it. You've made a promise, and it doesn't seem like you're keeping your promise. Remember, Lord, your promise? What's going to happen now? You know, schemes will eventually run out. When we, may, when we deceive and we, I mean, we're going to f- eventually find that we've turned all the, we've done all the things we can do. We've used our wits as far as we can. And eventually that you come to a spot where your ability to make the situation right and to save yourself is gone. It's just interesting. This is the journey of everyone in this room, everyone listening online, the journey of faith is like this. We, we come to the end of ourselves. 
And if each one of us were to come up here and, and share your testimony, your story, the thing that's going to be alike is we're all going to have lived and come to a place where we finally realized, you know what? Um, I'm in desperate need. I can't save myself. I need him and fall into his arms. Your schemes will eventually, they just eventually run out. They might feel like you got it for a little bit, but sooner or later they just, they just run out. And so then it says uh, that Jacob begins to come up with his next plan, and this is just a last-ditch effort, I think. He, he takes his, his animals, you know, and he's got, oh my goodness, he, he, he says he chooses from them and gets a gift together for Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats and 200 ewes and, and 20 rams and 30 milking cows and their calves and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, he, he, takes, he takes this huge extravagant gift. And then he starts to, to take it in, in droves, like, man, here's this one group, and, and you go ahead and send it and give it to, to Esau, and then, and then wait a while and let the second one come. And it's just like these waves of gifts, hoping to just, man, again, soften this blow before he has to actually face Esau. And then it says he takes his family, and he, and he moves them across the river, but then Jacob stays back. Now, there's a lot of, you know, different opinions about what he was doing when he stayed back. The passage doesn't really tell us. To me, it looks like <laughs> the boy's scared. He even put his, his wives and his children out in front of him between him and Esau. And I, I don't know if he's not tempted to run back to Laban or to hide out in a corner or to somehow save himself. But it says in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. And then, y'all, he gets attacked. He gets, he gets robbed. And what I, what I mean by that is uh, God comes after him, and he intends to take his heart. And, and we know that it's God. There's several things in the passage that reveal that, that, that this is God coming and attacking Jacob. In fact, your, your big word for the day is Christophany. Christophany. What, what, what that means, that's what theologians say. It's this thing that, uh, that many believe that these different times in the Old Testament where you see the angel of the Lord in some kind of flesh form, that it's, it's Jesus showing himself even in the Old Testament, which at first, the first time I heard that, this may do that to you. It may just kind of... But then I go, oh yeah, Jesus it didn't start in the manger. Uh, he's always been. He was there at creation. He's Jesus is, 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 you know, alive and well when this is happening. He's, he's interacting. And, uh, and so many believe that this is Jesus. It is God coming into this camp. And it says, And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. They wrestled all night long. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint. Which, by the way, is a really, really, really hard thing to do. I mean... Watching wrestling, you know, you see an arm broke or uh, Caleb, uh, he broke a collarbone. I mean, you might see that, but do you know how much pressure it takes to break a hip? You almost have to tie somebody to a tree and, you know, a card out of their leg and, and jerk it out of the socket. This is a hard thing to do. And his, his uh, hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And, and it says later he was, he was left with a, with a limp. Now... <laughs> 
when you, when you read this story, what it feels like to me is God just finally says, man, I've, I've had enough. And he puts on his singlet and he steps into the camp. He's like, Jacob, we've been going at this for a while. And you think you're afraid of Esau, but let me show you, boy, what to be afraid of. I mean, he, he, he meets him there. Man, I, I've had enough. He, he steps into the, into the picture, and not just a little bit. I mean, he steps in, and, and they get into a fight. And, and I kind of know what this feels like. I mean, if, you, uh, if you're a dad, and you've got a, a son, and he's in a wrestling match, and they are, these two boys are going at it, I, my heart, I, Terry and I talk about it every Saturday through this season, I mean, that part of me that just wants to fight, <laughs> it's like, it's just hard to watch. And then especially if you feel like he got done wrong, or sometimes there'll be another dad that's talking. There's been several times I've seen two dads go at it at one of these, and I've, I've tried to control myself. There was one time that uh, this guy tried to keep me from getting close to the, to the mat, and, and it was a really intense match that Brennan was in. And and I just almost, I mean, I had to really kind of control myself from engaging in the fight. Man, it feels, it feels like God is like, no, I'm going to step here and this is the moment. This is the moment, Jacob. We're going to get serious. And it feels like everything's kind of been building up to this. And it says that they wrestled all night. Something else I've seen about wrestling is you might think, I've always kind of thought when you see, you know, boxers that are just, they stay in this one little area. It's not like they ran anywhere, right? I mean, soccer will get you tired, but boxing, wrestling, they're just in this little circle. You didn't really go anywhere. Why are you so tired, man? I tell you what, I'll try to wrestle with some of those guys and in about 30 seconds, <laughs> and there's, there's so much to it because you're, you're all the time you are moving and you're so intense because if you let up for a second, then there's going to be a hole that you can't get out of. Uh, I, this last week, some football players came into the wrestling room that were in great football shape and they were just, they were about to throw up. It was so hard on them. And this says that they wrestled all night long. Now, Jacob Imagine, I mean, he's already tired, he's already been stressed, he's already at the end of himself. He probably needed a good night's sleep. He didn't get a good night's sleep. He wrestled all night. One, um, one all-night thing that I'll, I'll never forget is uh, the night, I think I've told this story before, when our family was in India, and um, we were at this train station and in the middle of nowhere trying to get back to the city, and all night long... We were supposed to, the train was supposed to be there, and then we got an update that it was 30 minutes late. And 30 minutes would come, and we got another update. It'll be another 30 minutes. And that happened all night. And Terry was asleep on top of the bags, holding the boys, and all these people started coming. And one guy would try to pull me this way, while another guy would try to take the bag. And then I would go after that guy, and another guy would come behind and try to take the bag. And all night long, I was just like, no, nobody's going to get our stuff, and nobody's going to hurt my family. And we were the only foreigners in this place, and it, we stuck out like a sore thumb. And all through the night, I just remember by the time we finally got on that sleeper train, and I, and I found that bed, man, I was out. I mean, this was an all-night fight. But was it really a fight? I mean, when you wrestle with God, what happens? <laughs> you lose. <laughs> you, you lose. You know, Jack, 
he uh, last year was his first year. The old, older boys didn't start until they were, you know, old enough to really get into it. Jack, we're trying to encourage him. You know, he, he wasn't sure what he thought about it at first. And we go to practice, and the first time he got slammed and his face hit the mat, he said, man, I'm, Daddy, I'm done. And he just said, I don't want to go back to that place. But we had bought the shoes and the singlet. If you know anything about me, man, we're already invested. I already paid for this to be here. And he's not wanting to wrestle, and he, he we just wouldn't. We tried to put him out there, and he just wouldn't. And so finally, I mean, I, I threatened punishment, and he said, he said, I will take the punishment. I'll take your punishment over going in, you know, going in practice. And so finally, we were walking out one night, and I said, what if Daddy just gets on the mat and wrestles with you? What if Daddy's your partner? And he said, oh, well, I'll do that, which is crazy, right? I mean, if Dad really wrestled, Dad <laughs> dominates, right? Can you see me and Jack going at it? I mean, I, y'all call the police if I had Jack in here. We'd put a, we've had a mat in our living room for several weeks now. But anyway, we, if, when we're wrestling, it's, I mean, if I want to dominate, I can dominate at will. But what do I do? In those practices, I would, I would let him wrestle with me. I, I'd let him try to do these different moves. And then when I, when I want to let him know that Daddy, even the older boys, when I want to let them know that Daddy Power's in the house, you know, I can pull out Daddy Power. Everybody knows what Daddy Power looks like. My dad can still take me. It's just there. It's just one of those things that dads have. But especially with Jack, and I, that's not even a good picture of God wrestling Jacob. At any moment, he could have touched the hip at the beginning and broke in taking the hip out. At any moment, he's, he, he dominates and yet, he welcomes, he engages in this, this wrestling, allowing Jacob to, to do this and to, be, and to, and to uh, be a part of the fight. God always welcomes the fight. And the idea that he doesn't or the, the fear of, of, you know, having this uh, relationship with God where you're tangling up on topics, where you're tangling up on your heart, that's not the living God. In fact, I had a friend this week that he, he asked me, he's going through a rough time, and he, he asked me just out of the blue, he said, Mark, I want to know the truth. Don't, don't lie to me. The worst times of your life, the things that have been the hardest, can you really look back and say that you saw God in it, that you've experienced his mercy? Should I say, how dare you ask that question? Of course I did. No. It caused me to stop for a second and look back and say and evaluate, man. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I appreciate you asking the question. It's that place that the intimacy is built with, with God. It, it's, it's in the wrestling. It's amazing that, that God, that Jesus would, would do this, would limit, you know, and, and allow Jacob to be in the fight. But isn't that exactly what he did on the cross? <laughs> Couldn't he have dropped the hammer on the, uh, the soldiers? Couldn't he have done what? Yeah, but did he? No, he, he allowed himself to be arrested. He allowed himself to be killed for us. And he limits himself here because he's teaching Jacob a lesson. He's teaching, he's teaching us a lesson. And then as they're in this fight, um, Jacob says, I mean, uh, uh, God says, the angel of God says, let me go. He's holding on so tight. <laughs> He's gotten good at that. He may not be the big burly fighter, 
But he but he's really good at holding on. Remember, he started out holding on to the heel, and here he is. He's holding on so tight. He's not winning the fight, but he's not giving in. And I'll tell you something. I mean, that's the thing with, uh, with Caleb and Brandon both and, and, and the guys on the, on the team. The thing that's beautiful to watch is when a guy, yeah, winning is really neat, but when a guy won't give up. Um, uh, Caleb's, I think it was his sophomore year, every day in practice, he would wrestle with this senior who ended up being the state champion. And he was just good. And... I just almost left practice every day with tears in my eyes because my boy just kept on going back and kept on getting up and kept on and kept on and kept on. And that he was still standing absolutely astounded me. And Jacob, and there's not a lot of things from, you know, positive things that we've been able to draw from this story, but man, he is holding on tight. Why is he holding on so tight? Because he knows this is his only hope. All of my schemes are used up. All of my plans, I've done everything that I can do, and my power is not going to get this done. I'm fixing to die. I need you. And so he holds on, and he says, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And then it says in uh, verse 27, uh, God says to him, what's your name? Now, we know he knew his name, right? But... He's doing something here. He says, what's your name? And he said, my name's Jacob. Which, if you remember, he's been blessed before, right? He was blessed by his father. He actually stole the blessing from Esau. And he was asked, you know, who is it? And he said, I'm Esau. He lied. He deceived. In this moment, (laughs) man, he's exposed. Yeah, I'm not not playing any fakes. I'm not trying to deceive. I'm not, I'm I'm Jacob. I'm the deceiver. That's, That's who I am. And then he said, your your name shall no longer be Jacob. That's not who you are, but Israel, which means wrestler. For you have striven with uh, with God and with men and have prevailed. Israel. Isn't that amazing that this is the guy and that this moment, the, the wrestler is the name that we know the people of God by? They could, they could have been the Abrahamites, right? Or the, or the Isaacites. Or, but they're the, the Israelites, the, the wrestlers. Y'all, to me, that makes this really important. This is a really big deal. That God invites the wrestling. Because I, honestly, I've... Being around church, being around the, you know, Christians, a lot of times we try to just say, well, it's almost like, don't, no, don't wrestle. Ask a hard question. No, don't ask that hard question. It just is what it is. You're, you're hurting. Stop it. <laughs> just, just stop it. Well, that doesn't really work. Or here's a Bible verse to go remember. Well, well, thanks, but hey, our God says, no, no, bring it. And he'll meet us there. Now, he's going to win. <laughs> but in the middle of the wrestling, that's where the intimacy is built. You know, the story out there when people talk about, when people not of faith talk about people of faith, a lot of times they'll, they'll act like we're, we're zombies that just kind of walk around spouting out Bible verses or robots that have been programmed that, you know, but that's, that's not what this Bible reveals. It reveals a guy that says, yeah, bring me the hard questions. Let's, let's wrestle over them. Somebody comes saying, hey, I don't know if, there, if God is, if there really is a God or not. Yeah, let's go. 
Go wrestle with that. I, I used to be of, of that one camp where I was like, man, don't ask those hard questions. And then I started asking the hard questions. And I realized if I was ever going to really believe, I was going to have to wrestle with them. When, um, when a, a really close friend of mine died and I didn't, I, I was forced to say, God, why did you take, take him home? Why, why did he die? When we were struggling with infertility, I had to ask the question, well, why is it so easy for some people to have children and we're, and we're not having an easy time with that? Why, why is that? You know, in the middle of all of this last year, why? I mean, the why, is the why question a bad question? No, they, God welcomes the why question. And I, I enjoy it now when somebody comes and says, hey, I, you know, I'm really testing out and think that maybe Buddhism is the way. I, I love just saying, man, hey, tell you what, hey, I'll study that with you. Go, go for it. See what's there. And I promise you at the end of the day, <laughs> Jesus touches the hip. He touches the heart because it's true. He is what he says he is and he'll, he'll show up and he shows up in the middle of the fight. So I don't, I don't know if you've wrestled in the past or what you've got going on right now that you, you want to just take a prayer walk. I remember it's probably been a year ago. There was several things going on in our life and things that just didn't make sense at all to me. And um, I went for a walk. And by the time I finished the walk, I had cried all the tears that I could possibly. There was nothing left in me. And I had screamed and yelled and... I just had to, to say it out loud, God, this is how I feel. I feel like you've made these promises and I'm not experiencing them right now. And I tell you, that day was the day that I got really, really close with Jesus. And I challenge you, whatever you've got going on like that right now or in the days that lie ahead, that moment of wrestling is one that he invites Israel, the wrestlers. So let me pray for it.